and good morning, Mike Broomhead. Good morning. Sounds like a great show ahead. Yeah, it's got a lot, got a lot of guests this morning. Halfway through the work week, that's always good news. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yes, I've got some guests this morning. Coming up at 835, we are going to talk with Danny Seiden with the Arizona Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Impact of the Super Bowl, other things that are happening here in Arizona, the direction we're heading, the housing market, all those things we'll talk to Danny about coming up. Uh, 9.05, we speak with uh, a man named Rich Nickel. He's the president and CEO of Education Forward Arizona, an organization that's an advocacy organization for education. We'll talk to him about the uh, AEL, or the Aggregate Expenditure Limit, and we also will talk with him about uh, school choice and the expansion of ESAs. And then at 9.35, the chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Clint Hickman, will join us. And uh, we're going to talk with him about threats against election workers and why he has requested that the Attorney General of Arizona look into this and criminal charges possibly <clears throat> if they can catch people. So all that's coming up on the show this morning. We're going to start with the economy. Um, kind of a mixed bag of things that we are seeing. Uh, UPS faces upcoming union fight, possibly a strike, uh, which could uh, you know seriously impact things uh, from on the package front. But PayPal laying off 2,000 employees um, in the coming weeks, about 7% of its workforce, as we're seeing the tech industries laying off more and more people. Is this what's coming? And we're not sure because if you look at job growth, private payroll growth slowed to 106,000 in January as, um, it says as the weather hit, according to ADP. So um, we are seeing profits of some companies go up, as you would expect. McDonald's saw huge profits go up because people are slimming down their budgets. We are seeing people, and this is where you're making the trade-off in a lot of areas where you're going down in, in, to what's less expensive in, in order to feed your family and, and survive. So this is where we start this morning. Policy is always a big thing for me. Um, we look at uh, the green energy we're moving toward here in this country. And then we, we limit our ability, what we're doing with, with lithium and, uh, and how China has a stranglehold on that, how we know we're going to have to mine for many minerals in the near future if we're going to expand the growth of the green energy or uh, the EVs, electric vehicles. We're going to have to jump into that a lot more. But the the issue is right now, for whatever reason, this administration doesn't seem to want to do that. Um, somebody echoed my sentiment in a story. I just want to take a moment. This was from – this is in the Wall Street Journal from their editorial bowl, uh, board, and it says Joe Biden's big oil profits. Exxon shareholders can thank the president for his limits on U.S. fossil fuel production. So this is how the story starts out. Behold the irony. President Biden has done more to enrich big oil and its shareholders than Donald Trump or any other White House occupant in decades. See how his administration's crusade to limit U.S. oil and gas production is reaping record profits for ExxonMobil and other fossil fuel giants, which is exactly what I said. The White House has been you know, trying to play dodgeball with uh, their responsibility for gas prices when they were going up earlier in the presidency, where we saw record gas prices and diesel prices. And then we saw a leveling off where they dropped down, and now we're seeing them increase. We may approach $4 a gallon again here in Arizona fairly, fairly soon. And 
I have contended the same thing, that it's the policies of this administration that have added to this. The four years of the Trump administration, and what's, what's problematic about this for me on two fronts, one is it becomes Republican versus Democrat. The other is the, how polarizing the former president can be for personal reasons that skew people's view of some things that happened during his administration. There are a couple of things you can't work around. You can talk about COVID. You can talk about all these other things. But all four years of the Trump administration, Gasoline was under $3 a gallon. That's a reality of life. And there was a reason why we had made the claim that we were energy independent. It is a national security issue. I think everyone understands, especially this White House right now, who is controlling everything. And the control is going to uh, places. uh, We've got the UAE, the OPEC nations. We know who's in control. This president went and asked for favors and in production and other things. He went to the Venezuelans, that government that treats their people so horribly that they're escaping that country and trying to come to our shores. Um, We also know what's been done uh, with the Russians and the war with Ukraine, um, the Saudis, who have an absolute disdain for this president. And so what we have seen is an increase in pricing because of a decrease in production, and we do not have the ability to be energy independent. When you have arguably the largest economy in the world, and the United States does um, with China, but we, we have the largest economy in the world, when you're energy independent, you have the ability to affect the free market because we don't need their oil. We can produce our own. When we're energy independent, we can produce and refine enough fossil fuels to make all of the things that are petroleum-based that we need, including fuel, but also other products. And when you're not energy independent, you're dependent on other nations who would love to see our economy crumble. And this has been a big part of this issue for me. The White House is not decreasing the reliance on fossil fuels. They are shifting the burden for drilling for them and refining them to other nations that we shouldn't trust nearly as much to do it as safely as we can. And they certainly don't have our economy in mind when they make decisions other than to damage it. It is that simple. And so they I made this point a couple of days ago, and now it's being made by The Wall Street Journal. You say the White House has made the claims. There's nothing that you can do, nothing that can be done. About gas prices um, because we don't control the markets. The markets are controlled by other entities. We don't control the price of a barrel of oil. Well, you did. We did as a nation. And now we don't. And so we're going to these nations and they're complaining. The other thing about this, I have another story in this, and I'm going to let you hear a little bit about gas prices in a moment. But I have another story in the stack that talks about the huge profits of the pharma industry. The pharmaceutical industry. Why? Because of COVID treatments and vaccines. So I don't hear the government screaming about the obscene profits directly related to the government and involvement with vaccines for COVID-19. Now, you can talk about the necessity for the vaccines. That's all well and good. But we're talking about obscene profits. Remember, demonization of big oil, demonization of fossil fuels. That's what this administration has done from day one. The pharmaceutical industry has got record profits as well because of the COVID treatments. So why are we not screaming at them to lower their drug prices and demand that they do that? It's just something that needs to happen. So I want you to hear, uh, this is uh, um, ABC News talking about the prices in gasoline. 
We were enjoying that nice drop in gas prices over the past few months, but it has not been a great start to the year for gas prices. They're higher for the fifth straight week, and now we have the national average at $3.50 a gallon. It's about six cents higher than last week. This time last year, gas was at $3.36 a gallon. But remember, back in June, we were over $5 a gallon, so we are definitely in a better place. Okay, so let's listen to what the same report. Why is this happening? A few reasons why gas prices are higher. Demand is actually coming back pretty strongly. And also we have oil refineries coming offline for a little bit because there's this annual maintenance that we go through every year. So analysts are saying that we could actually see gas prices hit $4 a gallon later this year. So, you know, we are it's a tough place to be. That is a very difficult place to be. So we'll, I hopefully and for working families, I felt that I've say this often when you think about gasoline fluctuation what it does to small businesses that have a very uh, minimal bottom line in profit and you have a, a working family that has a very strict or tight budget when you see spikes in gas prices it is a, a huge burden to those families like in some in some cases it is life-altering the food they buy where they go what they do the trips they take telling their children no to things that are important and so this is why something like this is as important as it is, is trying to figure out how we are able to um, you know, stabilize so people can adjust. I mean, and to me, that's a, a big part of all of this. And, you know, here in Arizona, we're in a better place. As a matter of fact, in a few moments, we're going to speak to Danny Seiden. And Danny Seiden is the, the CEO of um, – of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce and Industry. And we're going to talk with him about, we've had many conversations with him about the intentional growth that's happened in Arizona over the past eight to 10 years. And uh, it's an interesting conversation, but the economic impact of the Super Bowl, uh, the WM Phoenix Open, all of the car auctions, Barrett Jackson is the largest and most well-known, but the car auctions that go on this time of year, the economic impact of big events, and then some of the residual impacts, whether it's tourism or the PR that's irreplaceable and it, you can't put a price on. So we're going to do that here in a moment. Danny Seiden is going to join me. It should be a very interesting interview. I hope you'll stick around for it. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. We are sprinting toward the Super Bowl. We love it when it's here in town. At this time of year, all eyes are on Arizona with the Super Bowl here. But we have events that happen all the time. And the economic impact is something we talk about very, very often. Whenever we talk about those things, we turn to our friends at the Arizona Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Danny Seiden joins us. Uh, Danny, welcome back. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Very exciting to be here to talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's an exciting time in Arizona. You know, one of my favorite events every year is the WM Phoenix Open and what it does for charity. But all the attention that's paid to Arizona at that time, the beautiful weather we have, that beautiful golf course. But the Super Bowl is just there's nothing like this event. And to have it here, what does it do first economically? Do you guys have estimates on the economic impact that this Super Bowl is going to have? We do. And, you know, just going back to 2015 to use that as a baseline, the Super Bowl produced $720 million for the state. And that's huge. You know, so we're talking about a lot of hotels, restaurants, um, you know, local mom and pop shops, everything just getting flooded with out of state dollars that come in. You know, you pay, paid sales tax on it, it goes into the state coffers. And that's great for the state. It's great for local businesses. Um, and then now, Eight years later, we're looking at two amazing fan bases in Philadelphia and Kansas City 
coming to town. We believe, and I've talked to other economists who believe this will will easily surpass the 720 of eight years ago. So we're excited about that. We're excited to see where we land. Um, I've you know I've heard anywhere from 600 to to, to a billion um, projected. But I think if you factor in the waste management open, which you mentioned, and not to mention Mike Barrett Jackson, which happened yep. this past week, and then going right into the very first full. Arizona spring training season that we're going to have, you know, for the last three years, which is easily 600 million. So there's just so much to be excited about three monster mega events in a row. It's so interesting that you it's like you were reading my mind. I wanted to mention spring training because the the opposite of what you just said, when when spring training was shut down here in Arizona, I had a small business owner on here that does those uh, ride tours, almost like um, like a scavenger hunt kind of a thing around uh, Old Town. And they designed one around spring training and baseball, and then it all had to be canceled and how it was hurting those very small businesses in Old Town and other places. This has got to be, as you just said, normally that spring training is kind of the last bite before we go into hibernation in the summer months, but they should be, I mean, businesses are looking at being fat and happy this year. A hundred percent correct. There's so much exciting. You know, spring training has become a rite of passage in Arizona. It's it's almost like Daytona Beach was in the late '80s, early '90s. It's everyone comes here for the spring break. They bring their families. A lot of father son um, activities going on. It, it's just a great time to be here. A lot of events get planned around it. We have out of state politicians who come in and do events around spring training because it's just a scene. Just like the waste management open has always been a scene. So is. Uh, Spring training too, so it's exciting to have that back for the businesses, especially in the West Valley and East Valley that have built up around those events. You mentioned Old Town as well. That's that's right. Everyone has a fan base here, and it's a great great time to just show off. You know, I think I saw that the the it's what twenty degrees in Kansas City right now, and thirty three in Philadelphia, and it doesn't get much higher right now. Yeah. So these people when they come in for the Super Bowl, Mike. I don't know if they're going to leave. They're just going to see how easy life could be here. You know, it's like, you, it's like you're leading me down my list of questions because the next one was, what are some of these residual benefits? Because we know during the Super Bowl and everything that leads up to it, there's a camera usually up on South Mountain or up on Paestua Peak or both and taking pictures of the beauty of the valley this time of year and the weather that we have. People walking around in shorts, people on the golf course. You can't buy that kind of publicity. No, you you cannot. You're right, and that's that's just the the you know people and, and tourists who come in and say, you know what, I want a house here. This is an, a livable town, a livable city, a great state. I'm gonna I'm gonna come here. But the the thing that a lot of people don't see that's going on, we have what's called CEO forums, and these were created by um, past Governor Doug Ducey and Secretary of Commerce Sandra Watson. And we host, uh, I think this time it's going to be about 70 CEOs who are going to be looking to either relocate their business to Arizona, expand their business, or grow their business. And so we showcase what we can do for them while they're here as well. And that starts at the Waste Management Open and goes all the way through spring training, too. So we have a steady stream of people coming here and just seeing, you know what, my employees would love this state. It's low tax, um, you know, um, plenty of space, plenty of, you know, edu- good education opportunities and choice for their families. And we really showcase all of that with these CEOs while they're out. You know, it's interesting. Last time the Super Bowl was here, I was out at the WM Phoenix Open myself uh, on Saturday. And so, you know, that's a crazy day when everybody's out there. And there was a parade of, like you just said, CEOs of the private jets landing at Scottsdale Airport. You were just watching a parade of planes land, and they all were coming in for the Super Bowl, and some of them had been here for a week or so. But to see those people that are the job creators coming here on when the weather is perfect and the 
excitement is here. It, for someone like you, that's got to be the most exciting time because you couldn't, you're enticing people here or somebody else is enticing them here. And now you've got a captive audience to sell the state. That's that's exactly right. And I have to give a lot of credit uh, as well to Michael Bidwell of the Arizona Cardinals. He participates in all of this. He participates as a community leader um, and making sure they know why, you know, Arizona is a great place to do business. We have other CEOs who are currently here who participate and they're basically hosts to this new, you know, com- incoming class of CEOs saying this is what we've been able to do in Arizona. Here's what you would be able to do. We talk about the policy. We talk about the taxes. We talk about all the great things that are out there, whether it's education, universities, you know, talent. But it, it, you're, you're right. In the end, you just can't beat things like the weather, um, the people that are here. It's a welcoming state. We're a meritocracy where opportunity can be there for anyone, no matter where you're from. And that's what people see when they come to Arizona, and they love it. Yeah, it's the reason why I call it Chamber of Commerce weather, because it is the perfect time (laughs) for guys like you. Listen, I appreciate the time with you, and if you'll do me a favor, will you come back when it's all over, and maybe we can talk about the economic impact of Barrett-Jackson and the other car auctions, the WM Phoenix Open, and the Super Bowl combined, and maybe even spring training, and talk about the boon that it is for our economy. Uh, absolutely, Mike. We're very supportive of the chamber of these mega events. We, we're supportive of the mega event fund that was created, and we're going to make sure that stays funded. So I, I'd love to come back, talk to you about all the great effects that last decades, by the way, not just a year after this game is over with. This, this changes the state every time. Always great to talk with you, Danny. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one. You too. That's Danny Seiden, President and CEO of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce. Gatos joins me in a moment. It's our Big Q poll question of the day. It's right around the corner. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. The Netherlands uh, is reporting a rare case of mad cow. Really? Here we go again, Here we go. Got to go home for two weeks. (laughs) I'm not coming in. I'm sticking around. Oh, for crying out loud. (laughs) Just when I thought you'd put away the alcohol swabs. Oh, I mean, goodness. I, you know, I put the alcohol swabs away. I put the masks away, all that kind of stuff. And now we're all getting mad cow. Mad cow. That's not going to be fun, though. No. I, that's going to be bad. Oh, gosh. How's it going? But it's not going to come oh, here. Geez. I mean, it's I in the Netherlands. We're safe. Well, all right. That's what they said. Yeah, I say that we shut down all flights. <laughs> uh, did you see Tom Brady retired? Again? Again. You think he's going to stay retired? Yeah, I do. I do. I do, too. I think he I think he had a rough year. Listen, all joking aside, man, even if you're someone and I don't think he is the one that wanted the divorce, but even if you're someone that initiates the divorce, it is a mess emotionally. Yeah. I I uh I've done a 180 on that guy. So, you know, when I, when I grew up in New York and New Jersey and you are taught to despise everything from the Boston uh, area. Right. So, I and of course, you know, New England uh and the Patriots were so good for so long that I just hated him. And uh, I don't hate him anymore. I think I'm going to actually miss him. Because he, he seems to be the guy that everybody says he is. He's actually a really good dude. Yeah. Uh, and then when he left that team, I was able to actually watch him and enjoy and enjoy him. Yeah. And, dude, he's the greatest of all time. I've never seen anybody better. And, you know, I, it's kind of tough to see him retire. It's been, last year was just brutal. You could see he was going through something. Yeah. Was, Lost man, a ton of weight, man. Oh, my gosh. He was, oh, man. Anyway, uh, that's not my key. I'm what is the map. You ready? What's the cue? Yeah, let's hear Do- it. Dr. Phil's calling it quit. So you a fan? 
You know, I, I'm I, yes and no. I mean, I, I appreciate what the guy has done, yeah. but his advice is the kind of advice I would give sometimes. <laughs> but I like Which, how sarcastic he gets with people. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's calling it quits after more than two decades. Who is the best ta- daytime host? Uh, Doctor Phil, Oprah, Ellen, Springer, other. Hmm. Does it have to be like a, a talk show or anybody on daytime TV? Uh, I would say, uh, yeah, I would say, uh, who's the best daytime host? Host. I, I Listen, I'm my, I'm Judge Judy. Yeah. Judge, Judge Judy. Judy. Yep, Judge Judy. It's weird because she didn't do a show. I know. But she got better ratings than Oprah. I know. Uh, maybe I should have put, oh, crap, I screwed up the poll. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good poll question. But when you say I would check other and my other would yeah. be Judge Judy. That's a good one, man. Yeah. That's a good one. Maybe Tom Brady will get a daytime talk show and start. Oh, yeah. He's going to make a squillion dollars in broadcasting. Oh, my gosh. You're right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, go protect yourself from the cows and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Mad cow. Thanks. See ya. Bye. That's Gatos, and the Big Q poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up, Rich Nickel, President and CEO of Education Forward Arizona. We'll talk education next.